This is Upload Media. Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti. <laughs> Sorry. We should have just left it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And... Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's other bitch <laughs> with Sarah and Caleb. Your favorite hosts. Your favorite hosts. Produced by Upload Media. Right here in the heart of Iowa. CR. CR Town. Cedar Crapids. Yeah, Cedar Crapids. Yeah. The season or the city of five smells. Five seasons. Yeah. Five smells. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know what? Yesterday was Crunchberry Day and I loved it. Ooh. But that only happens every once in a while. Yeah. My favorite is when the wind blows just right and we can smell um, the water treatment plant. Oh, mm, mm, yeah. That's a nice contrast to the Crunchberry days. Yes, exactly. We love the smell of shit <laughs> floating through the air of our city. Yes. It's rough. Nothing it's else rough out like here. it on the planet. <laughs> so it's been a whole week since we've been together. Oh, Sarah, I've missed you. Oh, I've missed you too. <laughs> You're just such a great friend and person, oh, and I love looking at your it. face. You're a blessing. You are a blessing. <laughs> You're a miracle. Stop and it. And now we have the same t-shirt, so we do. we'll be able to dress alike. Yeah, we can match. We can be twinsies. We can. Yeah. Caleb has a t-shirt on that says, meditate, do yoga, dismantle systems of oppression. Yes. Where'd that come from? It came from my friend Sarah, uh... Driscoll. Oh, where did she get it from? She got it from LD Kid. LD Kid. And his another local. Yes, another local who's a yoga instructor slash multiple of other things. He's a Renaissance man. Yeah. Living in that multiplicity, dynamic existence. Yep. Doing and the things. His company is called 100% Over Racism. Mm -hmm. So go shop. Support local. Right. Yeah. Support locally. Dismantling systems of oppression. <laughs> yeah. Dismantle systems of oppression in your own neighborhood. Right. Locally. locally. Keep it local. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it on our streets full of shit and crunch berries. Right. Yeah. What's been going on, buddy? Um, Not a whole lot. Today I've just been chilling like a villain. Mm. I haven't done anything today. Love that It for feels you. really good. Mm. And it's been like a perfect day for it. It's kind of like overcast. And I've just been yeah. like sipping my coffee, looking longingly out my window, you know, wow. just like, hmm. Wow. You know, just like that. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I wish that we all could have witnessed that with our own eyes. Right. It was picturesque. It was pretty romantic. So mm. I know something exciting that's happened to you. Oh. Um. Will you tell us about your... GoFundMe campaign. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. LOL. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> so uh -huh. yeah, there's a uh, a program uh, that's a part of. It's a yoga program essentially, um, 
that I found through reading a bunch of other yoga books. Anyway, um, <coughs> it's called the Yoga 12-Step um, Recovery, Y12SR. And it's actually created by this um, black woman who um, wanted to integrate the wisdom of 12-step recovery programs and the wisdom of yoga and has kind of created and formulated this um, yoga practice that focuses on your recovery from addiction. And so I uh, wanted to go do the training and um, the owner of the yoga studio was like, Caleb, we should, you know, try to help you go to do that and so she set up a gofundme for um for the training and people donated and i think we reached the goal in like in two days yeah in two days so it was like really kind of overwhelming in some way i was like wow this is shocking people love me and support me wow this is weird which as caleb's <laughs> friend it's like well duh motherfucker everyone right. likes you whatever <laughs> literally everyone that's met you likes you yeah it's one of my most admired and hated things about you oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's a love hate <laughs> it is i'm like happy and then i'm like er yeah well thank you for your support yeah right <laughs> I'm really happy for you that you get to do that. Yeah. No one more deserving of good things oh. on the whole planet. Stop it. You're the one. You're our Beyonce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know what to do with that, but okay. Thank you. Just accept it. All right. Well, what about you, Sarah? What's going on with you? Well, I have a really bad cold today. Ew. Yeah. Ew is right. Gross. I have a Kleenex box in front of me. And I'm just waiting for the next time I have to blow my nose. And sorry that we all have to hear it. Well, do you know, we're glad you're here. Thanks. Thanks for being here and being you. Well, I couldn't have been anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all I've got. Um, I also took a poll on my social media to see how many people had a sex playlist. Because after last week, mm -hmm. I was like, I can't be the only person on the planet that has a dedicated playlist for intimate times. For sexy times. For sexy times. And it <laughs> turned out that about 89% of people that responded also had a dedicated sex playlist. Wow. And 11% of respondents did not. Mm. So I was like, yes. And it's funny because several people that replied, yes, I do have a sex playlist, are people I've slept with. Oh. I've never heard that playlist. Oh, God. Ever. So now I'm like, <laughs> someone is fucking lying. Yeah. Wow. I know. And I wanted to respond and be like, no, you fucking don't. But I didn't. <laughs> Liar. Because, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've slept with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that playlist. The best I got was the TV on with the light oh, twitching around in the ceiling. Is, that's something. Yeah. That is, uh, that's special. It is, isn't it? <laughs> so I just wanted to share that with what a everyone who's invested in <laughs> our sex lives. It was a well, moment. Well, after last week, everybody is. Yeah, everyone they is Whether wanted to now. be or not. Very, so. very true. Good point. Logan did create a sex playlist. Oh, um, yeah, and he shared it with us. He did, and it was very different than mine. Right. I think there was <laughs> Some a, weird owl. There was an inaugural speech <laughs> by Richard Nixon. <laughs> So that was shocking, but <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a joke, but it, it definitely was. It was funny. I loved it. It landed. It landed. Thanks yep. for sharing, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone wants to know what other um, tunes are on my <clears throat> playlist, 
slide in my DMs. I'll share it with you. You can follow me. <laughs> that was shameless. Yeah, <laughs> I loved I know. it. If you want to have sex with Sarah, get in her DMs. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hear the music, just, hear it. <laughs> I'll play it for you. Just a few requirements you have to meet first. But right. try. Right. Come on in. Shoot your shot. Shoot that shit. <laughs> Wow, that's well, all I've got on, on that topic. Okay, well, we should move on then. <laughs> Let's. We have for you um, a guest that I am super excited to have on our show. I've been dreaming of having this person on our show since probably day one. Yeah, we've mentioned it a lot over our time together. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been such a fan of this person um ever since i moved to iowa i I can remember following um her on twitter and being like who is she and she's got a lot of really great things to say and she makes me laugh and she makes me think and wow i want to be her best friend whoa yeah it was a big deal i know um but this um this lovely lady that we have for you today is an author she has been a contributor to um, publications across the country. Uh, she worked for the local, the Gazette. Um, she um, has hosted um, forums for presidential candidates, and she is an author. She writes books, and she's about to come out with another one. So we'll get into that. And she but lives right here in our beloved city. Yeah, OMG. we're lucky to have her. And it's Liz Lens. Liz Lens, come on down. I was so confused. I was like, who is she? <laughs> who is it? <laughs> Sounds nice. <laughs> oh, it's me. Oh, it's you. That sucks. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Sorry. All. I'm really disappointing in person. No, not at all. <laughs> You're everything we ever needed. Everything. Welcome to our podcast, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to talk to you all about all the things. All the things. And um, can I just say something about the sex playlist? Yes. I really please. I want to be part of that oh, discourse yeah, because there's nothing like more disappointing than like knowing somebody like like had like a, like the set like if you knew somebody had a sex playlist and they didn't play it for you mm. it's like that that hurts yeah it's like was i not enough of a one night stand for you mm-hmm. <laughs> also <laughs> if the if the if the playlist sucks and I have ne- I have never heard a good sex playlist and I just want to say because men have the worst sex playlist this is a sexy song and you're like no is no it? imagine dragons is not <laughs> sexy <laughs> it's not I don't I don't want to hear it and then the problem with living in this town which you both know is it's so small oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you have to walk around and see people and like even if you never see you're like that guy gets down to Imagine Dragons, <laughs> and I wish I did not know that about him. Yep. I want an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Oh, no. My brain away from, like, half yeah. these assholes. Oh, my God, but half for real. all of them. Anyway, right. that was my contribution to well, the discourse that I thought of that I wanted to share with you all. Thanks for sharing. Do you You're have welcome. a sex playlist? No, I don't, and I want one, but I think it would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it kind of is like, like a very intimate like, thing, right? Yeah. Obviously, a sex playlist is intimate, duh. But right. like your style of music, right? Like what you feel sexy listening to, right? You know, right? Says a lot about you. Rain sounds. <laughs> Nature. I just want to go Honestly, to sleep. But <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> I'm 40 years old, so I'm like, mm, 
like, that was fun. I really want to go to bed. <laughs> like, the sexiest words I've ever heard were like, if we, like, we could go to bed early and then wake up and go for a run. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so hot. Like, wow. Your motor's running there. <laughs> I'm really fun and interesting, though. I just want to put that out there. Right. Despite what you may think about the right. rain sounds and the cuddles going to bed early. I love it. We can have one glass of wine, watch French kiss, and fall asleep immediately. Yes. Honestly. That's a good way to spend an evening. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I've ever wanted. Well, it does make me think a little bit about the Barbie movie when you were talking mm. about men and their taste in music <laughs> and their sexy time. When they're all like serenading the Barbie yes. and it's like, to push. oh. And it's oh like, my oh. God. Yeah. I Okay, I've seen oh. that movie three times I love now. That. I cry. I have not stopped laughing every time that scene comes up and they're playing the guitar. And I can't. So because I have dated this man multiple times. Time. Oh yeah, and different like my bodies. First yeah. call. No, I don't think different bodies. I think it's just the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he's. There. But my first, I didn't. I mean, I was homeschooled, so I didn't. And until high school, and as you can imagine, the transition from being homeschooled to high, going to public high school is a little rough. It was rough. Oh, yeah. And I have pictures to prove it. So I don't <laughs> fault anybody for not dating me in high school. But um, so my first boyfriend ever was in college and he was that guy. He was oh. the guy on oh, the corner. Yeah. Jack mm-hmm. Johnson, mm-hmm. Ben Harper. Oh my God, what a scumbag. Right. Yeah. Cringe. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, not a fun way. No, it was not fun and no. not interesting. What but. I did love about that experience of watching Barbie yeah. was that I did cry because there were so many emotionally. Yes. Like charged things mm-hmm. in it. But then also the funny parts also was like I was crying because I was laughing so yes. hard. Yeah. It was just tears. And I was trying to explain this to somebody because <laughs> somebody was like a, a guy was like, Oh my god, like I he was like, I saw that movie and I was horrified because I play the guitar. And I was like, Yeah, well you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Go sit in the fucking corner and think about what you've done. Think you're a you've 40 done. year old white man, you picked up a guitar. Grow up, you know. <laughs> I, but I was like, no, it's not about music. Like, it's about expecting an audience. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes me laugh so hard is it's not that, oh, a guy plays a guitar. Like, sure, whatever. Like, join the many, the beef-flanneled, you know, masses. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm wearing flannel, too. I'm the toxic man I want to see in the world. <laughs> but, I, um, but, I, but it's about... Seeing a person as only an audience sure. for yourself, and I have done, um, <laughs> I have done stand-up comedy in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh yes, you have. <laughs> yes, I have, and um, I'm also pretty good at it. I want to say, but it, but it, that dynamic of you as a as a like a, a cis hetero woman like who dates cis hetero men or whatever, like they they expect you to. be be an audience for them not a person Mm -hmm. you're not a person you are supposed to laugh and there's like studies that show this about Mm -hmm. like comedy and performance like women are supposed to laugh that's what it means to have a sense of humor as a woman you can't tell the jokes and like you are just supposed to nod and adore and approve of everything and so I was like that's the that's the that's the dissonance that makes that scene so heartbreakingly funny is because every 
I think so many, and I don't want to be too gender essentialist about it, but um, that's the flaw of the way I talk. But like that, like so many people know what it's like to have somebody just expect you to be the adoring audience and nine times out of ten it does involve Matchbox 20 somehow mm-hmm. in some way <laughs> and that's funny yeah. yeah and we and we were and we were seen and Greta Gerwig is making lots of money from it good yeah. for her good no, for honestly her. good for her good mm-hmm. for I her I love it I know um, I 100% believe that you are good at stand up comedy thank you yeah I would 100% go and see you can, can I tell you a funny story about please. that please oh, yeah. okay because it deals with the town and um and and I'm going to get into a little bit of trouble but I wrote about it in my book um, yeah. my next book um, where <clears> I wrote about like you know, because uh, it's about how marriage is bad and people shouldn't do it. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. thesis. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. Um, and uh, and so, but like after I left my 12-year marriage, I was like, what are the things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do? And one of them was like, I want to try doing stand-up comedy because once again I am the toxic man I want to see in the world like I immediately (laughs) bought like a record player started talking about IPAs and did stand-up comedy right like I'm an asshole (laughs) um and uh and so I was like I want to try this and and not because I like I want to make a profession out of it but just because it seemed really fun and I love making people laugh and so I, I was doing it, and I would go whenever I could, and this was back when penguins still existed. And, um, and, and I was doing it for a while, and there's nothing more amazing than getting, like, a dank, nasty basement full mm-hmm. of dudes in Cedar Rapids to laugh at your feminist mom vagina jokes. Like, it's like the <laughs> feeling of power, because they do not want you. The moment I step up on stage, <clears throat> it's like... Arms crossed, mm-hmm. fuck you, lady. Like, you know. Who do you and, think you are? Yeah, who the hell do you think you are? And they're all like making jokes about, like, oh, I took this girl home from the bar and then I slept with her and it turned out she was an old mom. Pause for laughter. And I'm like, <laughs> yikes. Not, not even funny. And like, I wouldn't laugh. And so I'd been doing it for a couple months. <clears throat> And then after, I think one night, a, a, a bunch of the regulars like came up to me and they were like, do you want to have a beer with us? And I was like, oh my God, I'm one of the guys. I've done it. I'm like in. I'm so excited. And um, I was like, I was like, we're going to bro it up. And so we like go to a second location, never go to, to a second location with comedians, <laughs> local, nationally or otherwise. Oh, oh, oh. And I go to the second location and it is a weeknight and I also like you know have to wake up and whatever else so does everybody else by the way but i go to this location caleb you're gonna love it i'm not gonna name the place but i think caleb knows it they used to do karaoke religiously on like wednesday nights or whatever Mm -hmm. i go in i'm like fuck yeah karaoke put my name in for my my standard song goodbye earl by the dixie chicks and then go to the bar to get my drink get my little drink go to the table of men they're all like chatting and i'm like "Uh uh-huh like like, I'm so happy to oh, be yeah. there. Uh-huh. I mean, Tell me I'm, more. Yeah, oh, wow. and I'm like, and then, and then one of them turns to me and goes, "Well, the real reason we brought you here." Oh. Uh-huh. Oh shit. Oh, oh it was oh, an no. it was an intervention. Oh. Yeah, and they go, "It's because you don't like we all support each other in our comedy." <laughs> Sorry, it's really it's funny. 
<laughs> like we all support each other in our comedy. And like, so we all laugh at each other's jokes and you don't always laugh at our jokes. Oh, and I no. was like, that's because they're not funny. <laughs> and, and they're like, no, we support each other. And we laugh at each other's jokes. And I have had zero drinks this evening because I was going to do stand-up and I right. wanted to do a good job. And I'm very type A. So, like, I practice in front of a mirror and I memorize. And and I, and, and, and I said, I was like, you know, that's the difference between us is you feel entitled to my laughter and I have to earn it. And I, and I was like, that's why I'm more successful than you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And it was like, and then it got really awkward. And of course, like, if if it was a movie, it would have ended there and it would have grabbed my bag and walked out. But it didn't. Then I tried, then I felt bad. Then I tried to smooth it over. Mm -hmm. And then one guy hit on me, but his girlfriend was like behind the bar and I didn't realize that it turned this awkward situation. And then I was like, abort, abort the night. (laughs) Get out of here. Kim Reynolds, please let me abort this night. Oh, like, no. <laughs> like, don't make me do an or- ultrasound. But then right as I'm, like, trying to gather, because I'm just, like, everything's been awful. It's I, a train wreck. It's, like, it's, like, it's, like, I was up for, um... Karaoke. karaoke so yeah. that so then i yeah, i go i'm like go sing my little goodbye earl mm. song and then it's like when you sing that song especially at like you know midnight on a wednesday night at a dive bar in cedar rapids that is a choice to you're choosing violence yeah. and i love to choose violence but it was so much that violence for violence. so yeah. much that night and then i just like sang it and then like ran yep. out and went home and <laughs> mic drop like, gotta go yeah, bye yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was like, that is, I have done enough tonight. Honestly, that is badass. I'm so into that story. It kind of is. I do like choosing violence. Yeah, yeah I do. And I do. Especially it, towards men. I yes. do it a lot. <laughs> I used to not. And now I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care. It kind of makes me think of that. Uh, I don't know if he's on TikTok or whatever, but Kyle Prue and the things that you can say to piss off men. Oh, yes. I love him. And it's yes. always violent and it's always just like, yes. oh my God, this is so brutal. That's intersectionality. Right oh, yeah. There. No, it's he's beautiful. Like, and yes. I love it. And I support him and yes. everything that he does. Sir, we support you. Yeah, we, we love you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody told me once, sir, like, um, they're like, my husband is scared of you. And I was like, he should be. Yeah. He should. I've be. done my job. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> ever want him to feel comfortable around me. Oh, you're scared? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you problem, not a me problem. Right. Right. <laughs> don't care. I love that. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for our listeners, I wanted to kind of um, get a little bit of a, I guess in your own words, like what your story is. You talked oh, a little bit about yeah. um, having grown up in a homeschooled yes. um, environment, and then you know in high school came into the sec- the secular world. Um, but one of the first books you ever released was Godland, right? So you yes. grew up very religious. Yes. So I, uh, I, I grew up in Texas. I am the second oldest of eight children. Um, I was born in, um, in 1982. So the, um, no, I'm not ashamed of my age. Right. Um, I, so it was a time, right? Like it mm-hmm. was a real time. It was um, what my parents were, uh, are 
well, we love them. We're not going to go into that. But they, you know, they were very much of that of a generation that was like, we are choosing to raise our children in this like off the grid kind of way, like Duggar before Duggar was cool, mm-hmm. which Duggar was never cool, <laughs> never cool. not ever. And so um, they were they were making this choice, and um, you know, and it was it was so interesting, but it was also you know like Baptist churches in Texas, and uh, my parents have evolved. They've switched. They they have grown as human beings, mm. and they are that is not their journey love to currently. See yes, but I, as I said, I'm one of the second oldest of eight kids, and so for the f- for oldest four of us, we really had that life. And then my younger brother uh, Noel was born, and he um, is very he's special needs. He was born very early, and. Um, and it was, you know, uh, and that was when my mom was like, I cannot keep this child alive and then homeschool seven other children. And, um, and so then she shipped, not shipped, but me and my older sisters went to public school and then that kind of began a real shift. And then my younger siblings didn't, weren't really as homeschooled in the same Mm. way that I was. But, um, you know, I went to college, uh, wanting to be liberally indoctrinated. I Mm -hmm. was like, I'm done with this. Oh, that was a goal of yours? I was like, please. Well, because, um, my parents were like, you know, they're so in college and, and you I was were like, like uh-huh. yeah sounds great <laughs> what else and because I'd gone to like I'd gone to high school and then you know like like a real awkward nerd gotten really involved in the speech and debate team mm-hmm. and found I had a real predilection for dressing in suit coats and saying awkward things gesturing with my hands um and I continued that into college. I just want you to know, as a captain in college, two years in a row. Oh my God, I love it. It's too much. It's too much. Knock it off. <laughs> it's too much. Don't commit to the bit that far. But they, um, you know, they sent me to this camp. They sent me to this camp that still exists called Worldview Academy Camp that was like designed to like, oh no, not like to guard our brains against the liberal yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and 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 i went and it was an awful experience i ended up like we had to like um proselytize at como park in minneapolis (laughs) by that point my family lived in minnesota uh and so um and so i was like I had a panic attack in the bathroom and then I came out and told everybody that the reason I had failed to meet up with my group is because I had like converted um, a father (laughs) whose (laughs) wife had died and he was taking his young children to Como Park and like I had converted him to Christianity and they believed it and that's when I should have known that I was way more suited to writing than I was (laughs) to being good holy or effective on the streets right um and so I uh yeah and, and like that so that's to like set you up for like when I went to college I was like I'm done with this but I ended up going to this like really sweet liberal arts Lutheran college in Minnesota where they're like, we don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do. I was like, my God, like, will Why somebody, not? like, will somebody just, I heard communism's a great cult. Well, can I, can I join? Where can I join? Yeah, please. Where's the local chapter? Yeah. And, uh, and so, um, yeah. And so I, I journeyed out of that, but 
Um, I ended up getting married right out of college, um, which for my family was a bold feminist choice, which in hindsight I realize is not actually a bold feminist choice. Sad trombone. You know, I waited to graduate to oh, get married, right? right? Okay. I was like, mm-mm, I'm getting my degree. That was a bold feminist. That was the bold feminist. Waiting till after yeah. you graduated. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Kill <laughs> was so confused. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, and so, and then, and then I, I, I moved to Iowa and, um, and I had no jobs, I had no prospects. Like I, because I moved for, um, my then husband's job, uh, and, and, and it was not where I wanted to be. I didn't have any opportunities and the, uh, Lord love this town. There's no, there's not jobs for creatives. Like we have to make our own right. jobs. <clears throat> that is, yeah, um, that's a thing. There's like four jobs and we've had them all mm-hmm. and they pay terribly garbage and they still pay terribly. Mm-hmm. And if we want to choose violence, I will do that. But we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> but I, I, it infuriates me. In fact, last year, a company I worked for reached out. They must have been like, she's unemployed, you know. <laughs> and she needs a she job. She needs a job. And uh, they reached out. They were like, would you like to, you know, do this? The one job in the company that when I worked there as a proofreader, I had, like, constantly been applying for, but, mm-hmm. like, being rejected from and now that I'm like way overqualified for it, they were like, hey, would you like come back? And I was like, what's the salary? I shit you not. It was like $60,000. And I was like, I will kill you. I didn't say that. <laughs> but I said, I said my minimum if it's 120. And, yeah. they, and I never heard back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. And so I, um, anyway, yes. And so I, I, I ended up writing because I had written for the newspaper in college and I'd had some people encouraging me and saying like, maybe you should do this mm-hmm. and, uh, and got rejected from a lot of graduate schools. So just kind of failed up into writing and then, um, yeah. And and now I have three books mm-hmm. and a newsletter and I freelance for lots of different fun, exciting places. And mm-hmm. that's my job now. You are Liz Lenz, the writer. Her job is words. <clears throat> yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. So. Did you ever see yourself here? No. Doing what you do? No. No, there's no world in which I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't grow up in a, uh, um, in a in a family where, I mean, both my parents were like first generation, went to college. Mm. You know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad is is still a lawyer. Um, and so that's you know, it's a good job. But like we didn't, there was no world in which like you could earn a living being a writer, right? Like, mm-hmm. or that you could be creative or that you could be successful at this. And so I really feel like I've kind of, pulled together this career by like trial and error and trying to figure it out and um yeah and one of the you know and also again the thing worth like being in Iowa where it's like um after my job ended at the newspaper they fired me they're assholes (laughs) but they um it doesn't matter um I'm not gonna pretend but they um and for people who don't know there was a big right-wing backlash it was a whole political Mm. cancellation thing it was so fucking stupid and it was also publicly humiliating at a time in 2020 where we were all devastated Mm -hmm. but after that i was interviewing for all these jobs and they would be like well eventually you'll have to move out to dc or like eventually you'll have to come out to new york and i'm like (sighs) 
but I don't want to, right? Mm. Like, I don't want to come out there to like earn a very small salary at your shitty media company, which is eventually going to fold or do layoffs when, why can't I just have a life right here? And why can't I try it? And so that new, the newsletter has enabled me to do that. So it's, it's great because I think it is a way of, you know, living in the state that you write about in Iowa does not get a lot of people who write about us staying here because there aren't jobs. You know, the journalists who are here are, are young because if they get farther along in their career, they need more money. So they have to leave. Mm. Right. And then, you know, if we get the big articles written by us about us, it's like, you know, some expletive from some, I don't want to say yes I do from like the fucking New Yorker who comes in mm-hmm. and is like oh look at you know how nice Pella is and you're like they're white nationalists <laughs> right <laughs> you missed the book burnings that happened two, mm-hmm. two weeks before you came here grow up you know yeah. and then it just anyway um so it is but you know then I also have consequences <laughs> writing about a place and then having to you know, go out to eat afterwards mm-hmm. and getting the side eye, but it's fine. Yeah, it definitely having followed you for a long time. Yes. <clears throat> um, and, and Caleb, having, by the way, was there for me in the hardest time of 2020. Yeah. Mixing me drinks, getting me drunk <laughs> on my porch. It's important work. Caleb yeah, is a honestly. good person. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah. Um, having, you know, even read, um, both of the books that are out, um, and you know, your work in the Gazette and on Twitter and, um, you've written for what Politico, Washington Post, all these different things, right? Rolling Stones. Yeah. Um, is being kind of running from the place where you're kind of caught in between, you know, the flyover states and like writing from a place like Iowa, um, and kind of in contrast to the way that like the coasts write about us and having that kind of, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say a dissociation, but like that there's this discrepancy, I guess, yeah. and being caught in the middle of it. Um, what's that like then for you to have, you know, when I think about Iowa and the opportunities to escape and the opportunities to have a job elsewhere, like mm-hmm. why haven't you left? <laughs> that is a question I get a lot. Well, uh, there's a few things. I have children, mm. um, and uh, I don't, you know, I, I could. I guess I could have moved and changed our custody, and I, but I didn't want to. You know, mm. I didn't want to do that I d- if I didn't have to. And, um, yeah, there, I mean, there's a part of me where I, I mean, my parents trumped us all over the country and then I came here because I married someone and so I haven't really chosen this place but I do kind of feel like I've fought in a war with this state Mm. and I feel like um you know I don't I don't know another way to become a Midwesterner except to be like full on 
punched in the face by the land, by a natural disaster, mm-hmm. by the politics, by the people, and come up and being like, you know what, I like it here. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's probably my therapist is gonna listen to this and be like, oh, we need to talk about that. But like, it, but I think that there's something so Midwestern about surviving some real nastiness brought to you by a place, and then saying, no, there, I love it. I mm-hmm. love the, I love, I, I just love, you know, that little drive to Des Moines. I like to take high. 30 like I just love to you know out, outskirts of Tama like I just I love this place people I love are here mm-hmm. I can have a house here yeah. you know and and I do go places for work a lot and I'll be like oh finally a real city I <laughs> love it and then I'm there for like a day and a half and I'm like get me out oh, get me away from these pretentious assholes who people are always like when are you working on oh well I'm writing and it's like I don't want to I want to actually I was I did a speaking event in Omaha back in June and it was wonderful um Bemis Arts Center everybody should go but somebody came up to me after and was like why don't you just move to Iowa City which I love you Iowa City but come the fuck on you bristled a little I was bit. like <laughs> first of all how dare you and um and I'm all about the corridor mm-hmm. being a place where we all live and work together but come the fuck on <laughs> Cedar Rapids is so much more chill and we oh, do yeah. not pretend and we have the better restaurants no offense I That's hope true. you all take offense right. um and I hope you guys get hate mail now. Right. No um, offense, but full offense. Full offense. <laughs> Caleb's email is. <laughs> you can hit us at our DMs. Right. <laughs> you, can, you can DM Sarah. Yes, yeah. please do. <laughs> Leave your hate in exchange um, for the playlist. The 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 angriest the angriest mail I've ever gotten is also like low key the horniest email. Of course. It's always like, God, just go get fucked and leave me alone. <laughs> but I, but if they could, there wouldn't be a mail only problem and that brings us to a different issue but i said to him i said to the man in omaha what a journey um i said to him i was like yeah i love being in a place where nobody cares like i walk down to the irish democrat and like walking nobody gives a fuck you know like nobody cares and like what do you do i'm like oh i'm reading for rolling stone they're like why we don't care get a real job loser i love that i love being a person and i love cedar rapids and i love that it doesn't pretend about who it is or who it isn't and it's just a great place and it's full of really wonderful people who are doing really incredible things like i met candace luter and i was like what the hell like you're doing all these crazy amazing design projects and you know it's just i love it yeah, Iowans are great until until my kids go to college and then I'm the fuck out of here. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no then I'm gonna enter my Viking riverboat cruise era and like wear caftans and like you yes. know seduce like wealthy billionaires on boats <laughs> and solve a crime probably. Right, that's that's not my vision board. <laughs> it's real Miss Marple. I have a Pinterest board for. It's just, but it's just like Miss Marple. <laughs> That's it. I love it. (laughs) That's an excellent vision for life. Thank you. (laughs) I want to hear more from Liz, but first let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have more Liz Lens.
with the one and only Liz Lenz right here at our table. Another. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Liz, you have authored three books and have one more on the way. My third book is coming out in February. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is your book titled? It is called This American Ex-Wife, which is, um, it's about how uh, heterosexual marriage is built on fundamental inequality between the genders. And like, that is, I mean, that's what marriage came about as, as a contract to, you know, um, trap a woman or, 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 or to, to, it was a property contract and the woman then was property, right. To ensure mm-hmm. lines of inheritance and, um, and progeny lines of sperm, I guess, whatever. And <laughs> I, uh, and yeah. And so, um, and, and that, and despite its rebranding, very recent rebranding in the 20th century as a love contract, it, that that equality has not manifested itself in the way that we um, in the way that we do heterosexual relationships. And so, I mean, we see that in statistics everywhere, right? Like, um, uh, like name name a labor the wife does it right and like every time i talk about this there's always some guy who's like not me i do the work and i'm like great maybe but like we're talking about a system right like it and and i think the thing that people don't want to understand is that marriage is actually a political system that our government relies on instead of funding the social safety net in literally it is a policy platform of the republican party that instead of funding snap benefits instead of funding medicare instead of they push people into marriage like if you go on snap in iowa you get you get letters about how to have a happy, successful marriage. And I remember the what? woman who, yes. And like, and, and you, and I remember the woman who, who sent me this and was talking to me about it. And she was like, nothing made me feel more ashamed to be like, you know, I, like I got divorced and then I couldn't, you know, and I need to go on snap. And then, then I get this letter and she was just like, it just felt like a compounding of a failure, you know, like, Oh, you wouldn't even be here if you weren't married. But like, that's a huge slap in the face. And, and, and it, and I, but it is, but it is a social program. I mean, it was part of like Bush era social reform. It was part of Clinton. It's not even, you know, one, it's not even like Republican versus Democrat, although, you know, it's there's more Republican now these days anyway. Mm. But like if you're looking at the discourse in our nation and you're wondering, getting all confused, like why is everybody suddenly like obsessed with being trad wives or everything? Well, it's like this is why it's because we had this time in 2020 where women were like, there's no social safety net. There's only women and that women are nurses. The women are teachers and the women are moms moms and sometimes they're all three right like and we're underpaid we're overworked and instead of funding a social safety net you're just relying on the unpaid or poorly compensated labor of women and we are breaking Mm -hmm. and with that you saw 
the child t- care tax credit, right? Like uh, we saw billions funding daycare centers and all those social programs, by the way, ending now that we're suddenly better. And so, you know, you're seeing that like there, yes, there was a need that need still continues, but we as a society don't want to focus on that. We would so much rather just try to force women into marriages as to, to solve this labor. It's a labor crisis is a mm. labor issue. And so the, I mean, I know I make my book sound like, Oh, that sounds like a real fun read. Don't <laughs> worry. There's juicy details in there about my own life. Um, there's gossip and, um, and so, yeah, but I think it's like the personal is political, right? And we mm. want to, um, we want to pretend like, oh my, you know, my relationship's not like that, but it is. I mean, it is like inherently that. so. It yeah. is inherent. And wh- how do you then find equality? And I think my, the message of my book is, I keep telling people like, you don't have to get divorced or you don't have to get married. But like, the message of the book is the power is in breaking. It's the power of refusal. It's a power of saying, I do not have to do this. There are other ways to live. There are other ways to be partnered. There are other ways to build your life than this like little miserable, you know, vision that we've been given. And there, and there are more beautiful, better ways to build your life. So break it. If you're breaking, break, Mm. you know, if you don't like it, walk away. And I think that's, I think there's like so much shame around the discourse of divorce and people are like, it's a failed marriage. No, it's successful. Mm. Was it bad? Did you end it? Great. That's success. Mm. You know, staying in misery is not a success story. Right. Um, or it's not noble. Right. Yeah, oh, but oh. Right. For marriage. Oh, but don't tell that to, you know, somebody who's been in a miserable marriage for 50 years. They're like, we were, had a hard time for 45 years, but then once the children left, then we were able to ignore each other and now we're happy. And like, I don't want that. Right. I don't want that life, mm. you know. Did you feel like that about marriage? Um, like before you got married or at the beginning of your own marriage? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, so I'm so, I'm so like, um, I, I, part of my personality defect is being like very type A, being very performance oriented, being very goal oriented. And so, you know, I was like to have a successful life as, as a woman, I will graduate (laughs) from college. You know, I will top of my class, right? Like all the little honors. And then I will, um, and then I will get married and then I will have a career and I will do all these things. And, and so yes, coming out of my very chaotic family life, I think the thing that I thought was that, um, (laughs) that you, like marriage provided a stability. And I think a lot of people say that they just don't want to say it out loud, but like, um, a a stability and, uh, an opportunity for calm and contentment. And like, there were some of those things too, but I think I really thought that like, these were the stages of what it meant to be a human being. You graduate from college, you get your job, you get married, and then you have a couple children, and then you retire. And like, and ticking off those goals, every time I ticked one off, I didn't get happier. 
you know, I did not, I didn't, I didn't like my life more. I didn't like myself more. I hated it. And, and, um, and, and I think I realized that it was something that I had been told I wanted Mm -hmm. and not something that I think I actually, actually really did want. The disillusionment sat in. Yeah. And, you know, and then, and then, you know, I was the one doing all the work. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I didn't, I didn't sign up to like, and that's the thing too. Like when you're like, we're, we're young and progressive, like we're going to get married. We'll split everything evenly. And then it doesn't happen like that. And then you're like, why am I doing what's like, okay, we'll go grocery shopping together. Well, I fucking hate grocery shopping with you because you don't understand how to like find the ketchup and like, (laughs) like, I can't just be like, okay, next on the list is ketchup. Can you go grab it? That's like, where's the ketchup? And you're just like, I would rather, kick my own it's ass like weaponized incompetence it's wet that we have terms for this yes right. but at the time i didn't so then it's just like you know fine i'll go grocery shopping by myself and then you know laundry he does it for a while and then oh no i ruined your cashmere sweater which like i, I don't have a lot of money it's not like oh I'll just go buy another right. you know and it's like oh fine then i do the laundry right and then it's and then it just grows and it grows in this scope creep until then you have two children and 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 i and after my son was born i i got a book contract and it was a dream come true i never thought it would happen and 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 then i am looking at my life and realizing that in order to take a trip, a research trip, right? I have to line up the childcare, line, not just childcare, but like transportation to and from childcare. I got to We don't live near family. So it's not like, you know, I have like a kindly mother or mother-in-law who can just shuffle on over. And even then, like even people who have that tell you, you pay emotionally for it. So God bless grandmas, but also goddamn grandmas, but they, um, <laughs> Listen, I'm just going to say it, right. but you know, and like, and so it's like line up and then I would like have to make freezer meals so that everybody could be fed. And then it's like, I, and then I'd like go on these trips and then I come back and then I was just like, I can't, I'm breaking mm-hmm. and I was breaking and I was miserable. And, um, you know, there came a time when, you know, my now ex and this is spoiler alert, but when he was like, why don't you just quit working? don't you want to just quit working and just take care of the children? Well, we all know which one I picked. <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't want to quit working. I love working. I love mm-hmm. writing. I love it even when it kills me. And 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 I have to read the comment section. I still love it. And, mm-hmm. and it's also like, what's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, I love my kids, but they're my, they're their own people. Like they're not the significance of my life. Right. And nor should they be, they should be their own human beings who feel like they can go, you know, be irresponsible and not have me be like, you shamed the family. Which, by the way, nobody will shame the family. Right. Like the weight of your existence is on their shoulders. Yeah. It's not on their shoulders. And so, and, and I think that that's healthy, but I also need my own things and I want my own life. And yeah, the mm. two became impati- incompatible. And I think in the breaking was when I really saw, 
Oh, and the thing that I saw, and I wrote about this for Glamour Magazine. I wrote about this in 2020. It went viral. Mm-hmm. The Catholics got mad at me. I like got, they put the story on their this little Catholic blog, and I was getting hate mail from Catholics, uh, which I love Catholicism. I think it's the spookiest of all the Christianities, <laughs> and so I've got no, I've got no beef, um, but. But what I wrote a, an article that was like, I fought so hard for 50-50 partnership, but I never got it until I got divorced. Mm-hmm. And it was court mandated. And literally, like, I did not expect that. I mean, I walked away from that marriage ashamed of the failure, mm. scared to talk about it. I didn't even tell my family until I had done it. And, and, and literally, I remember those first couple of weeks being like, wait, my life is suddenly so much easier. Oh no! Shocker. Did you know that? Did you know that husbands add seven hours of labor to a woman's life, like like extra labor a week, a week? It. Yeah, that I they are that. not, and they're not doing it. Right. Right. And so, like, that's on average. And by the way, my children can recite that statistic. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> my daughter would be like, we know. <laughs> Husband's at seven hours of labor. And I'm like, that's right. On average. On average. Yeah. On average. Mm. So you know there's men out there adding more. Like they're adding labor instead of uh, yes. helping take care of and yes, alleviate and any yes, labor. Yes, and 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 uh, and I get. I think there's. So that's what this book is about, <laughs> right? In a nutshell, that wasn't a nutshell. So one thing that I feel like is important to your story is this idea of making your divorce like public, or at least your experience of your divorce public, and having you know those experiences of shame. And uh, what has that been like for you in the aftermath of getting divorced and then, you know, having all these books come out, becoming public about it and dealing with that kind of openly? You know, the thing I was so afraid to write about it or talk about it. And, you know, there's so many reasons, right? Like, I don't want kids lives being harder I don't want to get sued you know I don't want to like make this person who I still have to co-parent with uh mad at me uh (laughs) but I there and then a lot of people feel this but like I when I first wrote when I first the first I didn't put a Facebook update you know I didn't clean I didn't clean my Instagram of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do any of those things. I didn't post the, um, you know, the like the soft focus picture of a flower and being like, things are changing in my <laughs> life. You all know the social media posts I'm talking about. Right. And the yes, man version, the man version of it is like a picture of a fire or a whiskey glass in front of the fire. Right. It's oh, like, yeah. a lot's been happening in my mind. <laughs> it's like, that's the voice. Yeah. going through changes and then all of a sudden it's like gym selfies and you're like oh my god i know what's happening i'm so excited um for the mess but the (laughs) (laughs) i didn't do that what i did was i was quiet about it and then i wrote a essay for glamour yep um, almost a full year after I had ended my marriage that said, now that I am divorced, like that was the headline. Mm-hmm. I am never cooking for a man again. And um, 
once again that article went viral and it was it was talking about the labor of food production and how I used to love it but how it has become a curse and that's how I it's how I publicly announced my divorce and I um which was a choice but they but what happened after that was I heard from women like I had so many and it still happens that people poured into my dms on 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 twitter and instagram and my email which is easy to find if you want to send hate mail if you're from pella iowa but the (laughs) (laughs) in the like the um and and it and it it hurt because it was like so many women were saying yes this is my experience but i can't talk about it for the reasons i was saying before Mm -hmm. like um and and because there's so much shame and they were saying yes like and there were other ones who were being like how did you do it when did you know when did you know it was time to leave and save your own life because that's the question they're asking they're Mm -hmm. asking when is my life worth saving i'm like at every moment you know and i i remember having this conversation with a friend and saying to him you know is is it worth just leaving because i'm unhappy and he was like yeah and like the he just said so Mm -hmm. yeah he was like yeah of course and i was like oh like it's never occurred to me a human woman socialized to be a human woman that my happy was worth my happiness was worth blowing up everything and i'm so glad i did but that's that was the experience and when i went to write this book i had talked to so many women but for so many reasons women just can't or won't talk about it so what i ended up doing was um, taking a lot of the interviews I'd done and condensing them down into like one or two paragraphs and um, just putting them as these little moments in between the chapters of the book. Mm. And they're also like good stories too. Sure, you know, yeah. like one woman's talking about punching her ex in the parking lot of a motel. Like one's like a very like white wine drunk wealthy <laughs> woman in DC who's like, I hate my husband. And I'm like, I know. like i i just mm. and so that's the experience it's juicy it's beautiful it's heartbreaking and then it's like you just and i think you know i call it like the you know it's like that that community and i think we all want a way to talk about this very common experience in a way that's not so shrouded in shame Mm. i mean like you look for like divorce books it's either like a memoir of like with broken glass on the cover, right? Mm. And it's like, I was so abused and then I got out. And you're like, that's a you a worthy story of telling, but it's also worth talking about the normal breaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. that just like we nobody cheated on each other. Nobody hit each other. Like he's a good man and an upstanding member of the community. I was just unhappy and I wanted to go. Sure. You know. Well, I feel like that's something that's happening, I think, currently in this discourse yes. about feminism, right, in this country is like yes. this idea that like no fault divorces are to mm. blame for so many of society's evils right now. No, you know what's to blame for society's <laughs> evils? White nationalists. Right. Um, yes. And so I, I think that, so Susan Faludi has this incredible book called Backlash, right? Which, where she's talking about like 90s, which nobody's, by the way, read that book. 
and I know why it's very dense and long and I read it and I was like, wow, if people read this, we would understand things better. But also it took me forever. So to what read you're it. saying is read this book. Well, I mean, listen to the audio book or something. Okay. <laughs> Peek in at one chapter. But it, it you know, it, it feels so self-limiting. It feels so frustrating, right? Because we're coming out of a time where there was this big Me Too movement and everybody was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to listen and to support women. And then a couple years later, they're like, oh, just kidding go back and by the way your no fault divorce is a problem actually studies show that in countries that have very very liberal divorce laws um, marriages last longer um, and women earn more money and they're abused less women are hit less in countries with liberal uh, divorce laws. They they earn more money. I cannot stress this enough to you how depressing this is. Actually, a very depressing statistic I found was that um, women who out-earn their husbands are three times more likely to be victims of domestic violence, Yeah, which I don't I know if that, that tells you anything, but oh God, when I read that, that I was like, that is awful. And so, right. And so we're coming out of this time. So this is, we're in a backlash is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Okay. Like our, our, our reproductive rights reversal is a backlash, right? Mm-hmm. To progress, to conversations. And this always happens. And I think it's important to remember not to be like, well, those movements were a failure. No, they were successful mm. and they were so successful that it scares people. And that's why, you know, the right is like being like, okay, like, oh, ladies, wouldn't it be just so much easier if you quit your jobs mm-hmm. and lived in my little house and never left, you know, uh, Sophie Turner running from Joe Jonas. Mm-hmm. Good girl. Get out of there. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's like, I just wanted to stay at home. I bet you did. Right. <laughs> like she's young and hot. Let her she goes right, to let the her clubs. live her life. Let her be a, yeah, lo- of course. A, a person. Yeah. She's allowed to be a human being. We're allowed mm. to be human beings. But Imagine if women were allowed to be human beings. I can't. <laughs> Those broads. They just need to make me babies. Um, I please don't make me a baby. <laughs> Enough. Um, I but yeah, and I think that's what we're we're seeing. And I think there is a lot of really disheartening discourse that's like, yes, the Me Too movement was a failure. All these movements were failures, but they're not failures. And I think um, so. I recently, for my newsletter, wrote a story about abuse in the boy scouts and about Mm -hmm. how state laws are really um limiting victims from finding justice and um and and so and and throughout my life as a journalist i've talked to a lot of male survivors of abuse in addition to female survivors and i think what but i think it's so much it's very powerful to hear it from men um to say me too actually gave me the power to say what had happened to me like Mm. that movement helped me and it reminds me of the bell hooks quote that talks about like feminism first the first victim of patriarchy is men Mm -hmm. like because it robs men of the ability to be full human beings and to have full emotional range and to talk about experiences like this and, and to, and to find healing from them. Right. And, and, and so when we talk about feminist movements, we're talking about human movements, like movements for human beings, which is why it's always important to be intersexual, intersexual, (laughs) be that too, (laughs) (laughs) be whatever, but, 
like intersectional because you know we need to we need every because it's not a it's not a feminism if it excludes trans people it's not a feminism if it excludes black women right it's not a feminism if it excludes anyone because it's a it's not it's a human movement right Mm -hmm. and it, it lifts men too and Anyway, yes, but we are seeing a time of like real regression and real backlash, and um, and and I, you know, that's just how the history pendulum swings. Mm-hmm. But I think it's even more important to have these discussions and sure. to say, get out of here, be free. But yeah, no, no, like no, no societal problems happen because of no fault divorce. It's like this has been studied. Like mm-hmm. the U.S. Census Bureau is like, yeah, actually, if you liberalize these laws, like pay equality happens life seems better it solves violence problems it it, and it makes marriages last longer because people are not being coerced mm. you know so feminism i guess what i'm hearing and maybe i can just rearticulate yes. this for myself is that feminism is a is a liberation yes. for not just for women but for everybody all people that exists under you know this the system of oppression which is patriarchy and misogyny yeah. right that mm-hmm. like it that traps everybody. Yes, it does. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I love thinking about that. I love discussing this. This is like great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's really fun to listen to. I'm glad I'm congested so I can just <laughs> share with my stuff. I know. Eat it all up. Yeah. I feel like I'm a Baptist minister and I'm like, and one more thing. Oh, no. You're preaching, no, I baby. It. I love it. I I'm wondering, what is your experience like as a 40-year-old single woman um, <laughs> compared to your experience as maybe a 20-year-old single woman? Well, I mean, I, I really wasn't... I was... Um, when... I mean, I think it's so when I was homeschooled, right? Like, and then I came to college and then I was like, um, I didn't go crazy. I mean, what I did was I watched a lot of television. I was like, I watched like reality television. I was like so excited. To, mm. and my parents, when I was younger, my parents like had one TV, they would unplug it and roll it into the closet. And then at night they would roll it out when we were in bed and watch TV. Like we did not watch television and so like that's how I went wild was I was like you guys the today show is really fun and I love Ann Curry and what (laughs) they did to Ann Curry I'll never forgive um and now it's all good morning America or nothing until they apologize to Ann Curry but I um yeah I but I didn't I just didn't nobody wanted to date me Caleb like Sarah like nobody like I wasn't, you know, it's not like I was like a young girl out on the town. I, um, yeah, I dated a couple people. Two of them were very closeted and came out to me, which I, I've, I've since learned, I think, like, people who, like, come from repressive places, like, mm-hmm. seem to find each other and then confess things to each other. But it didn't stop from breaking my heart both times. Um, but those are the two ex-boyfriends I still keep in touch with, so it tells you something. But they... Um, yeah and then and then I and then I met my ex and then you know and then that was it and so I had never really experienced dating until I um until I was divorced at 35 30 yeah 34 35 was about then yeah and uh and (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's like now you're a single mom um your body is not top shape and uh and and you're in your mid-30s and also by the way like and also you have a public career which is intimidating 
and you talk about politics for a living and uh and all these things add into um like before I was ignored and now I feel like and now I, I have felt often like I'm a punching bag. Like mm-hmm. I had to get off. I was like, I want to be on the apps, right? And then I was on the middle. Like people would match with me just to tell me they hated me and then unmatch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And it would be like, are you the writer? And I'd be like, yeah. And, and you never, because you never know how it's going to go. Like right. it could just be some guy being like, I write too. It's like. Okay. All right. Like, cool. like, can you imagine matching with an accountant and being like, I, I, I do accounting too. Right. Like, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> Good we times. We have so much in common. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it over IPAs. <laughs> Your favorite local bar. Um. No. Um. And and it's been. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I went through a real hoe phase. Mm. Um. And love that for me, but it was also, you know, yeah. It's it's been weird and wild, and it hasn't gotten easier. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's really made me think about like being intentional with relationships. Um, and being intentional with friendships and being intentional about building community. I was telling my two f- best friends from college, um, I w- a couple, like a year and a half ago or something, I was like, I'm so lonely. I'm like, I'm so lonely. And they're like, why? <laughs> like, why are you lonely? And I was like, I just want somebody to have dinner with. And they're like, then ask a friend. And I was like, why is that like the most profound, most difficult thing? And so when they said that, I was like, yeah, I don't want to actually have like a shitty date, like to feel less lonely. I want connection. I want friendships. I want relationships. And so I really set out intentionally and I started texting friends and saying, hey, I need this, which is vulnerable. It's hard to do with friends. And I said, I need somebody who can be my dinner person? Like, who can come to my house? I started being more intentional about inviting people over, intentional about, like, asking people for just coffee or will you co-work with me or will you just, you know, come over, have a glass of wine or walk with me with my dogs or do we want to run together? Or, um, and with my children too, like, can, you know, like, how can I bring in my friendships into my children's lives and make this a community um and and i've been so intensely grateful for those relationships which have made me a better person but i think you know kind of being forced off of that world um made me really think with intentionality about what do i want my life to look like what does happiness look like Mm. what does love look like you know what does connection look like and i think you know it's because none of us is like owed romantic love we're not owed that like it's great right like but we're that's not something we're owed in this life and you know some people may not find it or you may and then it's awful (laughs) or you know you may later in life we just don't know and I think the and I think the beauty is is not in in seeking you know also I'm not knocking a one night stand it's great it's fine Mm -hmm. it's wonderful it's you know uh but but being more just intentional about my relationship so that when I'm going into um, another situation that I am like, I'm coming at a position of strength. 
I know I'm babbling, but my bar now is not, it's not like, oh, I'm so lonely, but my bar now is I love my life. I love being with myself. Like I'm, I'm a great fucking time. <laughs> and I mean like me and some popcorn and like my vibrator and French kiss, like we got it. We have a good night going. And like, and it's like, do you add to that? Right. What are do you add? That's my bar now. My mm-hmm. bar is not like I'm never gonna find a man. My bar is like, it's like my therapist was like, they always show up and they do, and that's fine. God bless. <laughs> but like <laughs> the the um, the bar now is, I am so happy. Are you adding to that happiness? Is yeah. this a relationship? Is this a connection? Because so many times you know you break it off with a, a man and they're like, can we still be friends? And you're like, we were not friends to begin right. with. Yeah. You didn't want to text me back. My friends text me back. Yep. Like, Why should I lower my standard? Yes. That's yeah. actually not friendship. We did not right. actually have friendship. You just slept with me a couple times and mansplained IPAs. Like this was not a connection. And I know that that is what you want, but it's not my job to sit there and tell you what a friendship is and i don't need to be you know doing i have enough friends yeah Yeah. i have (laughs) enough friends yeah 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 i like that is that an okay answer yeah it's been like we talk about loneliness a lot because there's times we both get in our feelings and we're both single and we're like oh my god we need a man yeah we want a man (laughs) but that reminds me of the importance of calling in your friends calling in your community to fill that those spaces because romantic love is not the end-all be-all of and it's not and a guarantee, right. right? Like, and it's also like you could have it, and it could go away for so many reasons. I think the same about like children, right? Like they're wonderful and great, and so many people want them, but like they're not a guarantee. You know, some one of my friends is like, "I'm gonna die alone." I'm like, "Bitch, we all die alone." Right. Yeah. But it's just like, how did you live your life, and were you living a life that's open and full of connections? And that is what I want, right? I also want kevin klein to feed me cheese in france but Mm -hmm. you know oh yeah i mean i'm also not not gonna say no to that (laughs) but yeah i think the cure for we're all lonely i mean studies show everybody's struggling and we're struggling because people died yeah Yeah. millions of human beings died and we're lost lonely and trying to pretend it never happened and we don't know how to connect anymore and and it's hard and it's difficult and now we have to be vulnerable and you have Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable to say to your friends i'm lonely please come you know have one drink with me and cry with me at cobble hill and yeah or somewhere cheaper. Right. <laughs> I love Colorado. It can be it can be scary out there though. It's so the scary. The climate's scary. It yeah. is so scary. Yeah, it is really scary. And it's scary to open yourself up to somebody and then get hurt. But I think even by friends, friend betrayals totally. are so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, there's so much good <laughs> shit. I know, I'm loving it. This is life advice with Liz Liz. I like <laughs> it. I feel like we could just talk forever. Yeah. Or I could listen forever anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Don't say that Be to my me. life coach, Liz Lens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> First of all, come back to my home. <laughs> Deal. Make me more drinks. Can do. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the one thing I'm good at. I <laughs> You're good at many other things. Oh, you're so, so good. Whatever. You're so wonderful. And people do love you. And your skin is just incredible. <gasps> Isn't his skin so Everything good? about Caleb is wonderful. I'm really liking his hair these days. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wow, love your facial hair. I feel so hair. gassed up right that. now. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> I like when your chest hair is out. Oh, my taco meat. Yeah. <laughs> 
why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody called the taco meat at one point. And I was like, it's never leaving. I'm, I, that's the thing that I say now. Ugh. And I hate myself for it. So, Well, you ruined tacos and meat for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. No, it is. No, Never it's not. No, it? we love your families, but you probably shouldn't. You know, have if you love to it your families, your don't listen to. Don't this be with friendly that. to families. Let's not be friendly. <laughs> no, we like to harm a family structure. Right. Here. Yeah. I want to fight children. I think <laughs> they're such assholes. How often do I want to fight children? Almost all the time. Every day. And my daughter is in seventh grade, and I just like I wanted to fight those. Bitch, not, and I'm not saying this gendered. I'm calling men and women bitches. I wanted to fight her classmates mm. when they we, when they were in kindergarten, and they've just gotten worse and worse. And mm-hmm. now I'm just like, kids are awful. Kids are mean. They're so mean. Mm-hmm. I want to fight them. I told Caleb earlier today, um, because we were talking about you, that yeah. I feel like you have a similar view or. Yes, on parenthood that I do. I feel like in the past couple of years, my relationship with parenting has, well, it probably hasn't changed, but I've been um, willing to be honest with myself about what parenting truly is. And most of the time, parenting kind of sucks and it's really hard and kids are assholes. And then the friends of your children are assholes. And I get really bothered when I see moms especially who make their children like their every Mm. single thing of their lives because I'm like we are meant to bring these children into the world and give them the tools to leave us they're not meant to stay forever they're not meant to be dependent upon parents yeah Um, and if you're parenting the right way it really sucks a lot I think you know uh, so in my second book is about like motherhood and birth and reproductive uh problems but they um but you know something I was really thinking about is like we you know we socialize women to like want children and to think that having a child is the pinnacle of womanhood right like and so we socialize women to do this because there's no financial incentive to do it we have no social help like the only thing we can do is like prey upon people's emotions culturally and and we do that we guess like great in america Mm. but like we Mm -hmm. but like and so women then come into this life really get married it's disappointing uh and then they have a child (laughs) it is disappointing and not like to say you child are a disappointment but like the experience of it is awful because again there's no help no and and hospital birth is terrible and 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 then like from the moment like the lactation stuff is awful and like it's bad and it, it doesn't actually have to be bad it's not bad in other countries but like it is so bad and, and then this whole thing that you were told should be your whole life or ends up being awful and then you're bleeding from your vagina sobbing on the floor you don't know why and there's this mewling little gargoyle who wants to gnaw your nipple off like and you're like what and I think that like so when you're talking about women who are like they make it their everything there's part of me that understands why they do that because women are never treated as well as when they say they're mothers they're also never treated as poorly as when they become single mothers because it is an Mm. aberration from what the society has decided is correct 
And so, um, literally, Pew did a study. Liberal men and conservative men all think single mothers are a problem. It's like, fuck you, you're a problem. And yeah. But, like, and so, like, but if you're a married mother, I mean, just think of, like, the the way we laud mothers. It's so holy. And and also, like, pregnancy is that one time in your life when, when, when it's okay to demand things as a woman and not mm. be difficult. The, well, the other, the other time in your life is a bride and then you get called a bridezilla. Yeah. Right. And like, so when you're, when you're a bride, you're allowed to demand things as a woman. And, but then, you know, but then you're also penalized for it. And then as a mother, it's like the one time when you're allowed to say, actually, I want to sit, like, actually I want to nap. And, and it's, it's not for you, the woman, it's for the baby. Right. Right. Carrying. Because you, yes, it's not for you. It is for the thing you're incubating. And, and I think there, I think it is really hard to then have that baby and then separate it. And then you're just like, well, my significance in life is these children. The only time I've ever been treated well by my family, by my partner is when I have taken on this role. So I can see why people would do it. But to that, I would just say, just get a job. Like financial compensation is like so much better. Get paid for the labor you're doing. I love my kids, but I love making money and I can do it now that I have 50-50 custody because now I have time to work. That was the other thing that I noticed. I was like, wow, I am earning a lot more money now that I am not having to juggle that. Um, so yes, uh, yes, I, I, I think I took your thing and made it my thing, but it is, I do think it is important to be like, yes, I am a person who is a mother because that's what men get, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are, they are people who are fathers and we are just all mothers all the time. They're people first and then father second. And for mothers, it's the opposite. Right. And I hate, and I hate it especially with men where like they see me and all they see is a mother. They do not mm. see a person. Yeah. Right. And especially if you're trying to like have a friendship or like a romantic partnership with a man and you're like, no, Oh, now you just want me to be your mom. Like, no, thanks. Well, how yeah. often do I, have I heard this too? Is that like where people who are going onto dating sites, men are like, I don't want to date, uh, a person who has kids, or I don't no. want to date. But a they woman have, have kids. kids. Exactly. Whoever yeah. says That's that, if a, ma- a man is who's like, I don't, I don't want to date a woman who has kids. You have children, right, yeah. sir. Like, sir. sir, sir. You have kids, right, yeah. sir. Who would want to date you, right? Fuck also, face. but it's also like fine. Like I, I, I totally understand. Like right. if you do not want children, but if there's this idea out there that single mothers are leeches who only want men to help them raise Take their care. children. Yeah. That is so false. I've never met a single mother who was like you know what i really need right now a dick in my face like (laughs) you know what would really help this situation somebody asking me to get them up here somebody to add seven hours of labor to my work yeah you know what i want yeah i want to pick your socks out of the couch cushions oh Oh, am i getting specific i wouldn't know these are hypotheticals I want to lower that toilet seat for you. Like, I know. I, I don't know. Like, single moms don't, like, want that. They just want human connection like anybody mm. else. And, of course, like, yes, if you do not want to, like, be part of a situation where there are children, you should not. Like, that is a fine thing to choose. But, like, 
you also just, like don't have to say that in your bio you can right. just yeah. swipe left on people who say they have children like you right. also don't have to right. be like you also just like don't like have to be a dick like, about keep your it. hate to yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I like isn't that the thing like we all have things right sure. like we all have the things we want or don't want but it's also like you don't have to be like in the about me it's like about me I hate single mother. And it's like, could you yeah. just say what your dog's name was? Like that to right. me is far more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like just like, fine, swipe left. She has good swipe left. Like it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just about making people feel bad. Yeah, it is. Oh. Yeah, and it does actually. It works. It makes me feel bad. I feel bad. Sometimes I for the newsletter I read this like toxic alpha man guide to living and like the whole time he shits on single moms like that and I was like <laughs> I didn't like that yeah I remember I, reading sir, that one. I did not like that and it hurt my feelings yeah. thank you uh yeah yeah I love what you do Liz uh, you your writing is always so like it's like factual it's informative but then it also has so much heart to it and i think that you do such a good job of you know taking all these things that we have problems with all these experiences that we have that are confusing and hard and you you've taught me so much and you've always made it accessible with like a really deep sincerity and i really love and appreciate you for that if i haven't said that to you before thank you that's really <laughs> nice that's so nice yeah. Um, yeah. I just think what you do is really important. And um, for any of our listeners out there who haven't had the chance yet to read Liz's work, um, she has two books out, Godland and Belabored. Um, she also has a podcast, not a podcast, a um, newsletter called Men Yell at Me that you can subscribe to. Um, and the newsletter is incredible and I love it. So one of my favorite reads. And then she also has this book coming out called This American Next Wife. That is coming out when? February 20th. Happy Valentine's. All right. <laughs> Perfect timing. For Valentine's, <laughs> you get a divorce. And you get a divorce. <laughs> Sounds like a great gift to I me. think it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. It truly is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, we have a little game we want to play with you, Liz, before we wrap it up. It doesn't have a name yet, but we'll ponder that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to... Say a word. It's a word association game. Oh, God. So I'll, oh God. I'll say a word. And then you can respond with the first thing that pops into your head. Short and sweet. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I'm going to win. You are going to win. <laughs> it was made for you to win. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scoring system, I assume. Yes. Caleb will keep score. Nope. And who had no. the highest score previously? Who? What am I going for? <laughs> You What's the score to beat? <laughs> What's the score to beat? Yes. And who specifically am I beating? No, sorry. We'll tell you that off air oh so we don't God. make anyone jealous. Oh, I want them to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, ready? Yeah, Kay. let's go, Sarah. All right. Feminism. Great stuff. Don't be turfs. Monogamy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great if you can get it. <laughs> hmm. Dating. Um, a necessary part of seeking and finding, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. These are not one. I'm not saying one word, am I? It's okay, that? but they're short. Necessary. That's necessary. Okay. I like Maybe. that. Maybe. Black Lives Matter. Yes. Queer. Yes. 
Marriage. No, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Why, God? <laughs> Parenting. Ambivalence. Hmm. Polyamory. Great if you can get it, if you want it. Okay, uh, if you want to get it. That's one word. That's actually one word. I like it. Thank you. Republicans. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs> Great if you can get it. <laughs> Democrats. Oh, God. Uh, grow up here. I don't know. <laughs> Love labia specifically. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Democrats. <laughs> Barbie. Greta Gerwig. <laughs> Psychedelics. Yes. Good answer. Politics. Necessary. Personal. Yeah. Mm. Blue Lives Matter. <sighs> That's actually a word. It's in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. That was that was what we were hoping you'd say. Can I make a vomiting? <laughs> I guess I just did. <laughs> Cannabis. Yes. Great. Ooh. Can we leak? Why, why does everybody have it except us? I know. I mean. Because they hate us. Hashtag I mean, you know legalized, why. right? Hashtag legalized. It's like the one thing everybody in Iowa agrees on. Well, also besides abortion. But like, you know, we hate women, so it's fine. Thanks. But like, well, we all smoke love. weed while we're having our abortions. Can I want? Yes, please. Like every state around us is like, we love pot. And I was like, we hate everything. It's like, can we like one thing besides pigs? And corn. Mm -hmm. Religion. Oh, complicated. Patriarchy. Boo. Stupid. Gross. <laughs> Smells bad. Don't like it. Therapy. Great if you can get it. <laughs> and men. Oh, buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Blessed little souls. Bless their hearts. Sweet baby <laughs> angels. Buddies. Little toxic angels. <sighs> That's all I've got for you, yeah. Liz. You passed with five colors. I didn't colors. pass because I did not do one word. So I. It's all right. I have failed. I get zero points. We'll give you I love how it was like back. Liz's like stamp of approval or disapproval. She's like, yes, no. Like it, right? Don't, don't like, like it. it. Like, what do you want from me? It's like, yeah, I have very strong opinions. We love that. What did you think, Caleb? I um, loved it. Yeah, right. But I know this is. I feel like mm, I have a lot to bring back to my therapist about mm. my now mental illnesses that we just revealed. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm gonna go cry in my car now. Uh, yeah, great. I cried. That's in what my we car. do here. Other, you laugh, Avenue you live, Southwest. you cry, you you pray, you eat. We have you know, sex. You right. love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, you should add the little intro song to your sex playlist. The little. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> that time, that that way, anytime I have sex, it's like, ooh, I'm on an, another episode of Other. Oh my god. Hey man, it's me. It's gonna make Here the I pillow am. talk so much better. Hi, and that welcome to my bed. <laughs> oh, no. we'll ponder that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz, for being here. This was an excellent conversation. We appreciate uh, it. so much for having you me. You are a gem. Thanks for living in Cedar Rapids and not leaving. Thanks yeah. for the low cost of housing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
It's the least we can do. Right, really. right, right. <laughs> it, it's affordable to live here, but nobody cares if you scream. So right. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yep. Very true. Well, I think that's all the time that we have for you guys today. We uh, we love you, and we thank you so much for listening to us. And uh, go give uh, Liz some support. Go buy her books and go read her newsletter. Yeah, and uh, share our podcast, please. Please leave us an amazing stellar review and rating. And um, go follow our socials at Other the Podcast. How can we find you, Liz? Um, I'm Liz Lens on Instagram. That's Liz with a Y. I have a website, LizLens.com. I am not on the evil Twitter uh, site formerly known as Twitter as much because it's toxic cesspool, but you can find me there. I also have a newsletter, Men Yell at Me, which you can just Google and find. It's also linked on all my socials. So cool. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, listeners. Bye. Bye. <laughs>